Connecting life and faith. This is Connections. It's happening all around you anyway. You know that. We all know that. But the stigma decreases the um, the fear. When you say something out loud, when you speak those words, it takes the power away. And it doesn't have to be big. It doesn't have to be uh, a whole sermon. But even just say, you know, the word anxiety or the word depression or the word mental health or commenting on how, you know, God wants you to have strong mental health. And, you know, those things bring hope for people and they decrease the stigma because if people can hear you say those words, they said, this must be a safe place that other people experience that. So important to be able to feel that safety and to feel that ability to share what you're going through. We're joined today by Laura Howe. She is the founder of Hope Made Strong, an organization dedicated to equipping leaders with the mental health resources needed to create resilient individuals and churches with knowledgeable and confident leadership. She says that approximately 43.8 million people per year experience some kind of mental health concern. And now is the time to speak up and to be vulnerable. Today in Connection, she's going to share a little bit about her organization and why it's so important to discuss mental health. Our guest today is Laura Howe. She is the founder of Hope Made Strong. Let's start right there, actually. Hope Made Strong <laughs> uh, was recommended to us by a pastor that we had on the show and he said, you need to talk with Laura. <laughs> we looked up and Colleen said, yeah, we need to talk to her. Tell us about Hope Made Strong, what it is and how it came to be. Hope Made Strong started out as a passion project for myself. I'm a social worker, been working in the mental health community for 15 years. And I experienced compassion fatigue and burnout. And when I looked around, I saw, oh my goodness, I'm a, I'm a clinician in this field, but there are so many people in ministry that do very similar things. They care for their people. They do community engagement. They do all sorts of things that are very similar, but don't have the supports. And so compassion, um, Hope Made Strong really does come alongside churches and ministry leaders and help them care for others, but doing that without burning out themselves. What was the biggest thing that you discovered when you started looking into this? Pastors don't like helping themselves. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think this is a shock to anyone else, but it was a definite surprise to me that pastors, they're they're called to serve and their whole focus is on outward and they often don't look like to look. It's uncomfortable. It feels, you know, not authentic or against the grain of what they're called to do. Uh, but we don't realize sometimes how much we are impacted ourselves. So think for me, when I got into doing this work, um, that was definitely one thing. And then the other was how churches are caring for people just as more of an expectation, more than an intentional purpose driven um, ministry. You know, you mentioned burnout, like, burnout rates of pastors are so high. I was a pastor. I did burn out gloriously. Uh, <laughs> and I, I graduated in 2009. And yeah, at, we were smaller class at a smaller private Christian university, right? And there's at least six people that have burned out in the last 12 years in that yeah. graduating class. Why? 
<laughs> well, for that reason is burnout is hopelessness, helplessness, and prolonged stress. So it's this feeling of this is going to be my life forever. This is never going to change. I'm going to be expected to work 24 hours a day, seven days a week forever. So you're feeling like this is not going to end really hopeless, helpless as you have no control over it. This is what I'm called to do and to have any um, frustration or resentment towards that is like being resentful for who God called you to be or what you feel that calling is. And that is just so not cool. That is so uncomfortable that we just push back that, push down those thoughts. And prolonged stress is that continuation of, of pressure and intensity and finances and, and medical health and the loneliness that comes with ministry. And so if you put those three ingredients together, hopelessness, helplessness, and prolonged stress, you're going to experience burnout no matter what. When it comes to uh, churches and pastors, what kind of resources are you offering to them now to help out with this burnout and to help prevent them from getting to that point? I have three resources. One is a podcast. It's called the Care Ministry Podcast. And that really hinges on the caregiver, caring for yourself and also how to care for others. And it's specifically focused on ministry caregivers. So that could be anything from a care director, small groups, pastor, a a lead pastor, anyone who is engaging with people. So it's pretty much everyone in ministry. Uh, So that podcast is the Care Ministry Podcast. And then I also offer courses. And this is a a self-guided courses online. The Caregiver Toolbox is how to care for others. And the Finding Hope in Helping, this one is specifically on compassion fatigue and burnout. And then I also offer consulting for churches. And I walk with churches side by side in developing some of those systems and processes for the care ministry so they can do it in a sustainable way, in a scalable way, and that doesn't burn out their teams. Often, you know, that that can be part of the problem, right? Like we get excited about things, so we just keep adding more and more, though, in ministry in our churches, right? And like, oh, this is great. This is going to fix everything. So we'll add it, but we don't stop (laughs) doing the other things that were causing the issues, right? Yeah, that's where we start with the consulting workers. We start with recognizing what are the strengths of your church and the strengths of your community. Because why dig yourself a hole? Like dig where the ground is soft. Start, you know, where your strengths are, where your giftings are, and and pursue those activities. Things that you're already doing. Uh, it's a, it's transitioning from thinking about programs of care to developing a culture of care and integrating care within all of the ministry and the programs that you're already offering. We're not here to uh, add more load, but actually to relieve it and care for you as the team, as well as the congregation. Why is it so hard for pastors to talk about mental health in the church? It's There's three different reasons. I think one is the reconciling of what mental health is. Is it medical? Is it spiritual? Is it a, a personality or a fault or something with the individual? Uh, there's that reason. The other one is they don't want to open this can of worms. They're already super busy. And if I start talking about this, then more people are going to rise to the surface and expect support. And they just don't have the capacity to do it. And then the third reason is in oftentimes 
in seminary, they only receive one uh, course or one class on care and pastoral care and support for others. And so they just feel uncomfortable talking about something they're not confident in. And I can't blame them. I don't like doing things I'm not comfortable doing either. Uh, but those are primarily the what I'm hearing from pastors and from churches, the three reasons why they don't want to talk about mental health. I like the the mental health Sunday uh, pack <laughs> that you have on your website there. Yeah. Tell us a little bit more about that, what it looks like um, to have a worship service surrounding this topic. I am so glad you brought that up. Thank you. May is Mental Health Awareness Month. And so this is a campaign or a resource for churches that you can download for free that uh, that helps you start the conversation that it's okay to not be okay, but God doesn't want you to stay that way. And so it's a downloadable resource. You log on, you register for free, and it gives you everything that you would need to promote, prepare, and present a, a Sunday or even a service, a series if you wanted to, on mental health. And we're approaching it from the, with the theme of building resilience, strengthening hope. It's not meant to be a mental health 101 talk. It's meant to really point to Christ and the hope that we have in him and, and the foundational principles and practices that are in the word that will help people prevent uh getting stuck and help people um, persevere and have resilience so they can have strong mental health. And it's anything from communication strategies, digital assets for your social media. There's an amazing video for the introduction. There's sermon notes and a transcript, um, worship lineup. There's a ton, like there's a ton of resources in there that have been all offered for free. The mention of sermon notes triggers something for me because this is another thing for pastors is Sundays never stop. They oh, always relentless. keep coming at you, right? And so you've got everything in church life going on and you're caring for everybody else. And you're also expected to write a 2,000 to 4,000 word essay every week that wows people <laughs> and moves them to tears. Transformational. And to right? yeah. and so That's a lot to explain. Fact, it's it's that hamster wheel. It's never ending, yeah. and so if we're gonna, if we want people to talk about mental health from church, let's give them some jumping off points. Absolutely, you need to make this unique for your community, unique for your your people, and for your voice. Um, being guided by the Holy Spirit to be able to talk about these issues, absolutely. But it is helpful to have some research, some tools to research to find out for yourself. And I provided a seven day devotional uh, that talks about seven keys to resilience. And the church that did it last week to kind of launch this, this is the sermon notes that they, the sermon notes are from the church that launched it last week, that, the jumping off point. And it's really highlighting the th three of the seven keys. And then throughout this week or the seven days after the service, people have the opportunity to walk through all seven keys, one each day in a seven day devotional. So there is a ton of material there that will give you or give power pastors and church leaders, uh, great jumping off points to make a message that is uniquely your own, but also know that it is based in biblical truths and uh, research best practices for um, the mental health um, field. You mentioned seven keys. Are you able to tell us a little bit about some of those? Absolutely. These seven keys, people kind of roll their eyes at these seven keys. They're like, oh, I've heard these before. These are so simple. But being a counselor for 15 years, let me tell you, this is the number one. These are the number one things, or I guess number one through seven things that 
As a therapist, we encourage people to have as a strong foundation in whatever treatment or whatever support they're looking for, whether it's relationship or for themselves personally. And the seven keys, and they're not in any particular order, so just start where it's comfortable or start with the easiest one, is the first one is stay connected. And that's, we're made to be in relationship with God and with others. So when we're feeling kind of crummy, we want to isolate, but it is really helpful to stay connected with those who support you. Number one, two is knowing yourself, knowing your identity in Christ. If if we have these expectations that we have to be good at everything, I think that's a little unrealistic. So knowing your strengths and who God called you to be. Number three is boundaries, how to say yes and how to say no is so tricky, but Jesus did it. So we probably should use Jesus' example. <laughs> Number four is meditation and medic. The Christian definition of meditation is really turning your focus away from the world and onto God and his judgments and his voice for your life and for your work and for, for, for the world around you. And so that's really getting into the word and spending time with God. Number five is self-care. That's eating, sleeping, and moving, not smoothies and pedicures. (laughs) (laughs) Self-care is really just caring for yourself. Number six is having fun, having hobbies and enjoying and having joy in what life brings you. And we often forget about that and think we need to earn a a break or a rest or having fun. But really, God intended us to have fun and have joy every day. And then the seventh is rest and really tending to our physical, mental, emotional need for rest. And we often, again, feel like we have to earn that. But no, God had rest and he doesn't need to earn it or he doesn't even get tired and he rested. So it's really a part of our life, not, not something earned from, from doing life. So those are Sabbath the seven keys. Can, <laughs> Sabbath rest can be so tricky to learn and to teach your church about too, right? Like, especially because it's probably going to be a weekday for a lot of pastors. And then the expectation yeah. is, well, what are you doing? You're not answering your phone on Monday or Friday or whatever. Yeah. Like, um, but that rest so important. Like you mm-hmm. said, Jesus got away lots, right? And took yes. time to rest away from the crowds. Yeah, he did. He actually left a group of sick people and went to refuel and pray and chill out by himself. Like, imagine that. Imagine a whole bunch of people like sick and needing you and you have the ability to heal them and you just walk away. <laughs> like, I couldn't even imagine yeah. that. And right? Jesus did that, right? And so... Yeah, it's not easy. It's definitely not easy, but it's definitely necessary. Yeah, and that right? goes back to boundaries too, right? And boundaries are so hard to keep and people don't yeah. like boundaries, especially if you haven't kept boundaries and then you try to <laughs> implement them. People are like, What? <laughs> yeah, it'd be a little tricky. <laughs> yeah. One word that I've heard come up a lot in this conversation, and obviously it's in your name of your organization, is hope. How important is hope in all of this? It is so important. That's what people talk about, whether they're from church or not, is I want to hope. I want to have be a part of something bigger. I want to have an expectation that the future is going to be better than what I'm experienced today. And that with burnout, with mental health, with, with compassion fatigue, that is what is lost is hope 
is hope. We feel this hopelessness. And I think everyone has experienced that at some point in their life. Is this going to get better? Am I stuck in this situation for life? Whether it's mental health or whether it's grief or whether it's your job or, or maybe you're in a difficult, you know, abusive relationship or something, you know, there's this hopelessness. And that's, you know, there's a song, I don't know, it's super old. Um, well, to some, it's super old. To me, I'm a little older. So to me, it's fairly new. But the weak made strong. And I just was like, you know what? We need hope made strong in our lives and in our community. So that's where that comes from. For people who are listening to this and are interested in maybe um, involving some of this in their church or, you know, finding that hope, how can they go about doing that? Yeah. Check out the Care Ministry Podcast. It's free. It's really accessible. You can just Google Care Ministry Podcast or careministrypodcast.com. Um, and so that is a really easy way. And um, if you want to check out or reach out to me, you can go to hopemadestrong.org and go to the contact page. And we can I'd love to chat with you more about how to implement this in your life and in your church. What about that pastor out there that may be listening and is a little frightened to talk about this topic because of the stigma that surrounds it, what would you say to them? It's happening all around you anyway. You know that. We all know that. But the stigma decreases the um, the fear. When you say something out loud, when you speak those words, it takes the power away. And it doesn't have to be big. It doesn't have to be uh, a whole sermon. But even just saying, you know, the word anxiety or the word depression or the word mental health or commenting on how, you know, God wants you to have strong mental health. And, you know, those things bring hope for people and they decrease the stigma because if people can hear you say those words I said this must be a safe place that other people experience that and even more so if you're able to share your experience of at one point in time I felt hopeless and this is how God brought me through that oh that is powerful words and people are craving it they are desperate for it so it's very awkward but you can do hard things and let's talk about mental health be vulnerable. Absolutely. It's hard. That's so scary <laughs> for even me to say that. Be vulnerable. Oh, share, share all the broken pieces. Well, I'm not saying share all the broken pieces, but share how God has healed your broken pieces. That's a, that might be an easier path to go. Definitely. Love it. Really excited to uh, check out more about your ministry and especially the podcast as well. Thanks so much for joining us today. My pleasure. Thanks for the invite. It's exciting to connect with you. And thank you so much for joining us and for listening today. Don't forget to subscribe. We'll talk to you again on Connections.